is the Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening and welcome. This is the Vinnie White Show, a news jam layered on opinion toast over comedic butter and dropped on a hairy carpet and plucked clean by a waiter already on a written warning called Mr Slapdash. This is News Talk 1010 with me, Vinnie White, as I guess we'll call it the Vinnie White Show, for lack of anything more imaginative. It's the 15th of October 2017, Vinnie White, News Talk 1010, what's coming up? Let me tell you. Uh, we'll take a look back at this week's news, obviously we talk about uh, the... Actually, it's quite a quiet week for um, Donald Trump. Uh, the US president and all four horsemen of the apocalypse combined. Uh, but we will look at what he's tweeted and we'll also uh, take a quick look at the Toronto Sun and their style of writing on a particular article. I'll try and get Amanda Capito on the phone and we'll just look at all kinds of news from all around the world, really, see where it goes. No one really knows. I'm not even sure that I do, and I'm at the helm of this here ship called Radio Titanic. Uh, no, it's going to be good, I think. I mean, I'm biased, but I do genuinely think it's going to be a good show. I mean, shoot me. You can be the judge. The proof is very much in the audio pudding. Let's get down to business. We'll start in Toronto. Very peculiar story out of Toronto uh, this week. Toronto police say an unlicensed plastic surgeon is facing charges of aggravated assault after one of her patients required corrective surgery after a procedure. Now, when you hear that, you think, oh, something must have gone wrong guess the plastic surgeon must have slipped. I'm sure it was an accident. Can't see any real issue here. Gets a lot deeper than that. Yeah, this week it came out that uh, the victim of the procedure attended the basement of a 19-year-old woman 19? who advertised herself as Dr Kitty. This was back in April 2017 it happened. What a bizarre place already. The fact that it was in, it was in her own basement of her own house. She's 19. If there's one place I feel comfortable getting my plastic surgery, it's Kijiji. The surgeon was 19. We don't know how old the patient or nutter taking a gamble with their face uh, was. But uh, yeah, the, the victim said the, the procedure attended in a basement of a 19-year-old woman's house. She advertised herself as Dr. Kitty. I, I don't know. I, I don't particularly feel comfortable getting my plastic surgery on Kijiji. I mean, I did get that coffee machine once, and uh, that was just the other day, actually. I bought a Kijiji coffee machine, went round to pick it up and said, while I'm here, any chance of a quick tummy tuck? But they declined. So, um, you know, guess this person got lucky. The patient underwent an unspecified procedure, according to this article in the Toronto Star. The patient underwent an unspecified procedure and within a few weeks developed an infection that required she undergo corrective surgery. Now, I'm not happy with that, that unspecified procedure. That's either crap journalism or crap plastic surgery, or what is almost definitely both of those things. 19-year-old Jingyi Wang... Uh, has been charged with one count of aggravated assault. That's what this is. If you if you mess up someone's face, uh, I guess it's aggravated assault. That's how the court system sees it. This uh, after the victim reported the incident to police, of course. No, 19? Nine, I'm still getting over that thing. 19? Uh, 19? And, by the way, there's a picture of her in the newspaper, and she has the uh, fortune of being Asian, so thereby having uh, incredibly youthful looks. So she looks about 12. 
So uh, I don't know what this person thought was going to happen. Oh, come on downstairs. I'm a 12-year-old girl with a knife. What could possibly go wrong? I wouldn't trust this teenager to change my Band-Aid or do my hair or clip my nails or wax my crack back and sack, which is something I do. I'm glad I'd never mentioned that on the radio. Uh, but investigators believe there may be other victims to the teenager. She is a teenager. Again, she's 19 and has a knife. Why anyone would think that was going to be... I bet she was cheap. She bloody better have been. I'm sure it's a lot cheaper to fly to go to Colombia, have a holiday, make, make the most of it. Um, investigators believe there may be other victims and uh, have asked anyone with information to contact police. I don't see the point, really. They might as well just walk around the streets looking for the elephant, man. It just sounds horrifying, going down to this woman's basement and she slowly cuts your face up and then an infection breaks down, uh, breaks out. It's such a bizarre situation. More pleasant things happening in the basements of Breaking Bad. And the weird name is that she picked, because she obviously isn't a doctor at 19, unless she really fast-tracked that education, she picked her name Dr Kitty. I mean, I don't know what's more mad about this story. The fact that Dr. Kitty, a 19-year-old girl, decided to put an ad on saying, I'm a cosmetic surgery, or the more obviously mad thing of someone going, that sounds fine, I'll pop round yours. Do do whatever you need to do. An unspecified procedure? Sure. While I'm here, can you sort me out a hysterectomy? No! So uh, she did uh, make her court appearance yesterday, Dr. Kitty, which I wonder if that's anything to do with What's that Asian cat that everyone's into in Asia? What's it called? The kitty cat. No. What's it called? Hang on. I'm just going to Google it. What is it called? Uh... Hello Kitty. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was the motivation. What shall I come up with for a doctor name? Well, have a look at your phone case. Sure. <laughs> so there you go Dr Kitty who evidently is not a doctor any more than Dr Dre is uh, is going to be charged <laughs> if you see an ad on Kijiji and it says 19 year old with basement available for, for cosmetic surgery I, I mean it's weird that I have to say this skip it skip it wait until they're at least 20 and on the first floor Listening to the Vinnie White Show on News Talk 1010, and it's time to do what we tend to do every week, really, and catch up with our old buddy, the Trumpkin. Uh, Donald Trump, US president and bottle of orange flesh poured over the soul of an evil serpent from another world, has been tweeting it again, shocker. Uh, yesterday he tweeted, Health insurance stocks, which have gone through. Shall I do it in his voice? Okay. Prefer his to mine when I'm doing him. Health insurance stocks, which have gone through the roof during Obamacare, plunged yesterday after I, 
me. And did the Dems windfall? Uh, he tweeted. Uh, in another tweet yesterday, Trump said he was very proud of an executive order he had signed on Thursday. The order sought to increase competition among insurers. Basically, it encourages associations to offer less comprehensive plans by allowing more short-term coverage. So basically, less help for the poor of America, the growing poor of America, the very people who were uneducated enough to think that this guy might have been a good idea. Uh, Eric Schneiderman, the New York Attorney General, is one of thousands of people who have called this unfair. He called these scrap subsidies as yet another reckless and cruel decision by the Trump administration that would drive up insurance prices and increase the number of uninsured. Everything will probably be fine because the rich will benefit and the poor won't, as seems to be the case with pretty much every single decision that that imbecile has made. The White House now seems to me as sort of an adult daycare, a place where Trump watches a TV show about a fox and his friends before doing some colouring in, probably just with a red felt tip pen and a map of America. Occasionally he takes a break to build a Lego wall, then he throws a tantrum and kicks everything over and then kicks out other members of the daycare centre because due to an oversight in diligence, his family own the daycare centre and there's nothing anyone can do about it. And I think that's the problem, you know, because we're dealing with a child. There's a 70, what is he, 72-year-old child? There's not even someone that likes him. The three people left would agree that he's a child. His wife, who can't stand being in the same room as him, uh, treats him as if he's a child and quite often sort of, slaps him about and gets rid of his hand as if he's a sort of menacing, irritating baby. Um, so I think, you know, if you are a child, if you're going to be a child, then we, we just treat him like a child. And uh, so that's the solution, I propose, to the world. If we're going to have this guy at the helm of the ship uh, driving it quite speedily into an iceberg, then uh, the best thing to do is just pretend that he's having an impact. He, he doesn't know. So to use that ship metaphor, just give him a sort of inflatable steering wheel and tell him that you're having a jolly good effect on this enormous ship and you're doing a jolly good job. I think we should do that. Just, just, just Truman show him, you know? Just say, yeah, you're right, absolutely. And then do whatever you want to do and uh, what could benefit the world. And then just tell him, you're absolutely right, you did all that, you came up with that. He can't remember what you said anyway. So much like you do with a stubborn, obstinate toddler, treat him like one. Next time he comes up with something, just do what you want to do. So next week, he'll probably say something like, Mexicans, they have to go. They have to. We have no choice. My friends at NASA, they're very good friends of mine, they like me, have agreed to put them on spaceships, blast them out into space. It's the right thing to do. You have to. We will get rid of them so fast, it'll make your head spin. Nobody, nobody gets rid of Mexicans like Donald J. Trump. Nobody. So when he says that, say, that's a great idea. We should put more money into education. It is important. We should denounce the KKK and neo-Nazis. You're absolutely right. Good point. Well done. Fantastic hair, by the way. Beautiful man. You've done well. Great money. You sure know what you're doing. As you just said, we will ban automatic machine guns. Thank you. You're amazing. He won't know. As long as you give him the credit. He doesn't give a monkey's. I came up with that. Yes, you did. Nobody knows like I do. I know they don't. You're absolutely right. Did we send those uh, Mexicans to space? 
Did we give up on building the wall? Absolutely. And it was a great idea. It would have been expensive. Okay. Capito joins me every week, and this week is no exception. Hello, Amanda Capito. Hello. How are you, buddy? Good. How's it going? I'm all right. Weather's been up and down, hasn't it? Yeah, Toronto weather has been absolutely insane. I just, I can't, I don't know, I don't know how to dress when I leave my apartment, which sounds silly for a grown woman to say, but... It's like hot and cold and windy and then you need a jacket and then you're sweating and like I feel like everyone's on the brink of an illness because their bodies just don't know how to handle this. Just, just put the onesie like, on, mate. It's the old default position, onesie. <laughs> Is it time for the onesie? Is it that time of year already? I thought it was already on. You're usually infused to the bloody thing. You're like a banana in a peel. <laughs> <laughs> my onesie is quite warm but it has been hot like yesterday i was boiling i had brought a sweater out and then i didn't need it speaking of hot and steamy right oh i wanted to go through this article with you now amanda by the way in case you wonder every week who the hell this woman is amanda used to work <laughs> on news talk 1010 and then she left but sort of like a crazed stalker i didn't really let her go and now I call, <laughs> sort of lasso her back in an audio way every week and um, get her take on things. Now, the thing is, you are a journalist, aren't you? Yeah, so my background is in journalism and I worked as a journalist in a formal sense for about five years, yeah. So you're familiar with the Toronto Sun. Now, the Toronto Sun is usually slightly more informal a newspaper, yeah? Depends how you define informal, but they are known for having maybe some like splashy headlines, some racy photos. They have the sunshine yeah. girl. So a little it's, unconventional, sure, yeah. Compared to the British press, it's like the Old Testament. But in uh, in Canada, it's it's a little bit more racy. And Adrian Batcher, who are, you probably know, Adrian, do you? Yes, know her quite well. Yeah, she was and presumably still is the editor. And um, she's nice. She's pretty sound. She's a, she's a go-getter. Got that kind of, hey, I'm looking for the new scoop. What's going on here? <laughs> so I want to read you out an article that I read today in the Toronto Sun. And I just want you to think, as we go through it, does this sound like a little bit racy and dated to you? So here we go. Sex-obsessed okay. housewife orchestrates hubby's murder. Sex-obsessed housewife orchestrates hubby's murder. Yeah. It catches your attention. Few things say California like a mop of golden blonde hair. That's the opening line? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, your lead, which is your opening line of your article, is like mm. meant to be is meant to be engaging and want to entice the reader to leave to read more. But it it should also give you a sense of what's to come and so Well, in that sense, it kinda has, because it's quite sordid and squalid. 
and looks at the sort of pornographic nature of this people of these people's relationships. So in a sense, it's all right. The only thing I say is, few things say California like a mop of golden blonde hair. When I think California, I think beaches, Arnold Schwarzenegger, legal dope, tech, and then at the very last, maybe porn industry, which includes golden blonde hair. So I don't know if it's that quick a connection. It's up there, but it's it's not the best. Read on. Let's see where this goes. Leggy Sabrina Lemon, 37, had the hair, the sparkling white teeth and the sex drive to beat the band. What does beat the band mean? No idea. Is that a reference that's just lost on me or I don't, well, I don't know? Lost on both of us, apparently. The housewife and regular churchgoer met her husband, Robert Lemon, when they were teenagers in their native Arizona. And like a lot of people, they pulled up stakes and headed for the Golden State after high school. He got a high-paying job with the Santa Fe Railroad. She raised two kids. That Norman Rockwell mosaic was blasted to pieces in 2014. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, already this is... Is this a feature article or is this... This is in the news section. Yeah, so, like... (laughs) Anyway, I looked it up. I saved you the bother. That Norman Rockwell mosaic, another reference that's lost on both of us, Norman Rockwell did a mosaic that shows prosperity that hangs in the United Nations. Does everyone know that? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I know. It's so juice. I really and like I mean, it. And I've been to the... I've worked in the United Nations, so is that bad of me to have not known? <laughs> I, How I could you not have quite... got a pad and pen out and written down all the mosaics? I love that, that <laughs> sort of like this sleazy, shabby article that's going to be... Uh, I'll tell you now, it'll involve sex, murders and affairs and all kinds of saucy business. But their references a mosaic that hangs in the UN as if the summaries that readers are now suddenly art critics. <laughs> in the busy rail yards of the outskirts of Bakersfield, Robert Lemon was shot multiple times and died beside the tracks. At first, the Texans were left scratching their heads as to why someone would want to ventilate the well-liked family man. Can we talk about that? Someone would want to ventilate the well-liked family man. Do you understand that? Like shoot a hole so that air goes through? Yeah! Wow. Uh, Isn't that yeah. just a little bit disrespectful? Yeah, that's a bit much. But behind the just folksy image designed for their family and friends, there was a boiling cauldron of passion and sexual obsession. One of the hobbies the couple shared in Bakersfield, best known for its country sounds of Buck Owens and Merle Haggard. Can we... I'm going to pause there. Relevant? All of this is ridiculous. <laughs> what is this article? What is this a satire piece? Or is this... It's written like a fiction. That's what I mean. It's, it's written like one of those really crap uh, novels that your gran gets at the airport because she doesn't want to tax her brain on holiday. Oh, my God. It gets worse. That's why I'm doing this. I knew you'd love this. One of the uh, hobbies that the couple shared in Bakersfield, best known for its country sounds of Buck Owens and Merle Haggard, whoever they are, was swinging. The Lemons both had sky-high sex drives. Sabrina told detectives that in 2008, they opened up their marriage and began swapping sexual partners and going to orgies with other couples in their quiet neighbourhood. We opened up our marriage bed and changed the dynamics of our sacred bond, she said, adding they both became obsessed with sex. And the booze also began to flow freely, lots of booze, as she developed an emotional bond with one of her swinging partners until Rob put a stop to it. 
I this now it's like is this paid for by someone? Like <laughs> was this is Grey Goose gonna get dropped a name drop in here next? Yeah. Uh the horny housewife. That's very British. The horny housewife. I like that. They, they wrote got, the horny housewife? No. They actually oh did God. that, yeah. It's like the jobless shagger, you know. The horny housewife. <laughs> would, everything you write has to be able to be fact-checked. So, Well, did, uh, in their defence, she was a swinger, so she was quite horny, I suppose. But, I, you, I mean, I think that's still a bit presumptuous. Just because she's opened up her marriage, it didn't mean, like, you have to be, did someone... Usually when you use those kind of describing words, you are attributing it to someone else who has called that person that. More. There's more. This maybe will be justified later in the sentence. The horny housewife later said her husband, oh, no, not her, her husband, had become obsessed with online porn and would spend hours trolling for smut. (laughs) I love the language. Not looking at porn, trolling for smut. (laughs) I've never even heard the word smut be used. (laughs) (laughs) Right, we carry on. That's when the conservative, born-again and baby-faced firefighter walked into Sabrina Lemon's life. So now we're talking about the guy that's coming to have an affair, right? That's when the conservative, born-again, baby-faced firefighter walked into Sabrina's life. They met when she was handing out samples at Costco in 2012. Well, hang on a minute. She was jobless a minute ago. She was a horny housewife. I'm still, I still have problems with the use of horny housewife, but anyway. Is that still bothering her? They met when she was handing out samples at Costco in 2012. Doesn't elaborate. Don't know what the samples were. Maybe it was condoms. Um, But he, (laughs) (laughs) he was presumably handing out samples as well. Right. Jonathan Hearn. This is the, the new guy on the block, right? Jonathan Hearn was 11 years younger, but they clicked. He asked for a phone number and she gave it to him. Now, what happened to when you used to say they had an affair? Now we're breaking out the exact moment when the phone number was swapped. This is so weird. I'm so glad that you think it's weird because when I was reading it, I thought, is this normal? And I've forgotten what normal is. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is not normal. Within months, their torrid sexual affair had set both their lives ablaze. For two years... The pair slithered around Bakersfield, having sex whenever they could. But Hearn, who knew his lover was married, was tired of sharing her. Who As told he... the journalist this? Like, how? Why is there no attribution? Like, how did she be following them this whole time? Like, unless she had, she was the eyewitness. Do you, do you see the problem with that? that I see all exactly of these the problem. Are yeah, not being it's, attributed? it's almost like it was written by a private investigator in the 1950s. Right. Well, it's been written like a fiction, like the ominous presence of like the all-seeing author, right? Who just knows everything that's happening in all the characters' lives. Yeah. But as journalists, we write what what we are told or what we see ourselves. Well, apparently right. we used to, but now it's just dirty sensationalism. It actually this works better if I do it in the sort of 1950s American accent. Let's try it. As he would later testify, Bob had to go. The couple had tried <laughs> to take out Robert Lemon in July 2014 with arsenic-laced banana. I'm going to have to do this in my own voice. The couple had tried to take out Robert Lemon in 2014 with an arsenic-laced banana pudding. Couldn't oh, make that up. My- but Sabrina had the last-minute case of the jitters. Within a month, Robert Lemon... It'd be weird to take out Mr Lemon with a banana. Anyway, within a month, Robert <laughs> Lemon got a one-way ticket to the morgue. God, and it gets worse. You ready? Check out this line. You'll love this. Within a month, Robert Lemon got a one-way ticket to the morgue, courtesy of Hearn and a handful of lead. Oh, my... <laughs> 
What do you mean a handful of lead? Did he throw it at him? One way ticket to the morgue. Like, why are you making a train metaphor or a plane metaphor? Like, either way, it was just... Hey, you keep talking like that, you got a one way ticket to the morgue, buster. Yeah. <laughs> the mobster threat. Yeah, it gets better. Hearn was busted, not arrested, busted. Hearn was busted that November, but it took two years to put steel bracelets on the grieving widow. Oh, my God, steel bracelets instead of handcuffs? Like, you don't need to be poetic about handcuffs. <laughs> hey, when are you going to get the steel bracelets on the board? Oh, oh God. my God. Sabrina Lemon told her first-degree murder trial, we are talking about murder, it's, it's, it's easy to forget that, that uh, while she was a promiscuous vixen, she was no killer. No quote marks on that. So she probably didn't say, I'm a promiscuous vixen. She probably said, yes, I was having an affair. You Again, you can't be putting these attributes to someone. I know. Just yourself. <laughs> so she, oh so she probably said, yes, I was having an affair, because she had to. And and they've yep. gone, ah, she said she was a promiscuous vixen. Oh. Anyway, she went on to say she was no killer. Hearn had already pleaded guilty. So Hearn is the is the guy, right? Had already yeah. pleaded guilty to the DA. And the DA took the death penalty and life imprisonment off the table. All right? It's a very okay. sort of stylish way of saying that he did a plea deal, I suppose. Or non-stylish. Anyway, it goes on, right? The DA took the death penalty and life in prison off the table. If he would, quote, I'm not making this up, Amanda, if he would rat out his hormone-charged housewife. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sabrina's three-week trial was an orgy of moral excess sprinkled with lurid tidbits. She claimed she loved her husband despite the cheating. The jury, quote, I'm not making this up again. This is I'm just reading out the Toronto Sun. The jury didn't nibble. Uh, she was convicted of first-degree murder, solicitation to murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and accessory to murder. I love that. The jury didn't nibble. Much like I would describe your rabbit, Amanda. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Hearn saved yeah. his own butt, Limon's attorney, Richard Terry, told the Bakersfield Californian. Probably didn't. Probably didn't. It's hard to fathom how they found her not guilty of attempted murder, but involved with the murder. Sabrina Lemon's California dream is at an end. She faces 25 years to life in prison. She'll get the bad news on November the 3rd. <laughs> Amanda Capito, journalist and Toronto resident. That is the <laughs> Toronto Sun. Your thoughts, please. They obviously did this on purpose. Like, they wrote it like this. This was a strategic choice to write the article, not like a traditional piece of journalism. And I am all for experimentation and creativity, but I find this extremely problematic. And it actually then gives all journalists a bad name, you know, because then when things like this go out, even for another journalist who has a more traditional style alongside this one, in the same newspaper because some of the articles they write are really great and follow the traditional format to just be classified in the same way. I would have a problem with it. It makes me feel icky inside because it's just a lot of things. So clearly they were, the journalist was pulling everything that was being said in the, in the courtroom. And sure you can extrapolate and pick pictures based on courtroom reporting, which I have done and most journalists have had their hand at, but you always attribute to, who was saying what in the courtroom, right? So you right. just know where yeah. you've got that information. Yeah. 
And you can be, still be colorful with it, and you can still have fun, and you can still have metaphors, and you can still be creative. But as a whole, like, this just, like, does not sit well with me and my journalistic integrity. To me, is just, like, it, it's gross. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and one other piece. This is yeah. just feminist me saying that I don't like how they've painted this wife as this sex-crazed addict when, in the end of the day, she's probably having just as much, much sex as her husband. In their open yeah, they're, both, they're both swingers. Exactly. So why is she painted as this? Like, why can't women enjoy sex and not yeah. be painted as as uh, promiscuous vixen? But she was no killer. She said she didn't. Right, but like promiscuous vixen. I don't know. I find that I find that extremely degrading and really unfortunate way of describing someone. I and maybe her sex life plays into it, but not to be like calling essentially calling her name. Right? Like, I think that's really shaming. That's that's definitely shaming. So have you, ever, have you heard the guy that wrote it? It's called Brad Hunter, and there's a picture of him here. I'd say he's probably about fifty-five, something like that. Have you ever heard of him? No. I'm going to keep an eye out because imagine, like, I'd love to read his stories on other things. Like, you know, when I don't know something boring happens, like Mayor John Tory says that we're going to clamp down on parking tickets. What? How does he spin that one? Slammed and blood-sucked motorists take another cup of lead from the gun from Tory, you know? <laughs> I know most of the parts you were reading it with a, with, a, with a voice, but even when you were just reading it straight, it just sounded like you were reading fictionally. Like, it just, it can't be taken seriously, you know? It's very hard. <laughs> very hard. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today to take apart the wonderful journalism of Nobel Prize winning, not quite, Brad Hunter from the Toronto <laughs> Stun. <laughs> Amanda Capito talking trashy articles. Thank you very much for joining me this week. Thanks for having me, Vinny. Take care, love. I hope you look after your cold. Thank you. You too. (laughs) Bye. Welcome back to the Vinnie White Show here on News Talk 1010. Hope you're doing fantastically well. At this time, I normally plug a little thing that I like to plug, but it's definitely nothing to do with me whatsoever in any way, shape or form. Definitely not. Couldn't possibly be anything to do with me. What, me? No, sir. Not me, sir. I wasn't even there, sir. Wasn't even looking, sir. Don't know anything about it. Not me, governor. No, keep on walking called MrPhotoCanvas.com that I know nothing about whatsoever. MrPhotoCanvas.com, which is, as I've already clearly said, not affiliated me with in any way whatsoever, definitely not a company that I own, makes photographic canvases. Have you got a photograph that you'd like to blow up on canvas? Then we're the cheapest, and arguably, and it's a good argument, the best in the whole of Toronto. MrPhotoCanvas.com, you pay on pickup, the photos look great, and like I said, you pay on pickup. So if you don't like it, you go, that's rubbish, and just walk out. <laughs> Pretty easy, really. It's sort of like the simplest policy of running a store ever. I wish you could do it with burgers that don't look like the picture in every restaurant ever. But unfortunately, you can't. But you can do it at mrphotocanvas.com. So um, send us an email and we'll um, fix you up, buttercup. So that's that. And also, oh, um, since I'm plugging stuff, um, newstalk1010.com. 
pops you off to iheartradio.ca, which is your home for absolutely all of the radio you've ever wanted, and almost definitely a little bit more as well. So ignore that bit and look at the bit that you do want. It's all available at iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio.ca. All right, good. Plug's done. Moving on. Um, Actually, we're nearly done. I don't know where the hell the show went. We talked about Trumpkin and uh, the Toronto police (laughs) looking into that 19-year-old plastic surgeon. And uh, then we talked about the fantastic article in the Toronto Sun, which gave me great joy. Sex-obsessed housewife orchestrates hubby's murder. Few things say California like a mop of golden hair. Are you reading? Because it gets a lot more saucy. Uh, But I'll leave you now on this. Actually, still staying in America. Endless pot of tragedy and quite funny news. We moved to Texas. Uh, Brownsville, Texas, a former South Texas Juvenile Justice Department employee has been arrested. Mm, bad, eh? A former South Texas Juvenile Justice Department employee has been arrested for felony theft. What could it be? Well, authorities say he acknowledged stealing over nine years. What on earth could you steal from his workplace, a Juvenile Justice Department what do, what do they have that's worth stealing? I'll tell you what, it might not be what you were thinking. Fajitas. Yeah, he stole fajitas over nine years. A Cameron County District Attorney this week noted that Gilberto Escaramilla, a man that definitely doesn't sound like he likes fajitas, was fired. Now, he was fired back in August and arrested after authorities obtained a search warrant and found packages of the Tex-Mex food in his refrigerator. Investigators subsequently checked vendor invoices and determined he would intercept county-funded food deliveries and deliver them to his own customers. So he had a complete side business. He would get fajitas that were supposed to go to the juvenile justice department, presumably kids in jail, and he'd just ship them out. Now, I think he was getting other food in to feed the kids, but no one ever noticed this. The scheme imploded when he missed work one day for a medical appointment and a delivery driver showed up with 800 pounds of fajitas but officials said the juvenile department didn't serve fajitas and never had so then the delivery driver's like well hang on a minute i usually give them to that guy gilberto i've been doing it for nine years and they're like sorry you've been giving gilberto fajitas for nine years 800 pounds a day of fajitas i mean he's a big guy but that's mental Turns out, Eskimir was arrested last week, a more serious felony theft charge. He's been banging them out for years. He had his own vending machines. $1.2 million worth of fajitas is how much he stole. $1.2 million worth of fajitas over nine years. I, I, which begs the question, when exactly, Gilberto Escarmilla, were you thinking of stopping? $2 million worth, $3 million worth? At what point? Where's your fajito empire? Fajito? I've just invented new food. Fajita! Uh, empire. Trademark that before Burger King. Fill it full of crap and sell it. Um, the fajita. What point was your fajita going to collapse? Speaking of collapsing fajitas, if you're interested, I can very much recommend Taco Bell. 
but that's another story. Um, amazingly, we've run out of time and left it on not the best punchline of all time, but I really enjoyed the show. I hope you did. Uh, get in touch with me. You can download this podcast and uh, all the other nonsense that goes with it at vinniewhite.co.uk and uh, I pop into your Torontonian ears every single week at nine o'clock or thereabouts on a Sunday night and it's an absolute joy and a pleasure to do this show. Uh, the, sh- the podcast is available at vinniewhite.co.uk as I say, but the spelling's a bit weird. It's V-I-N-N-E-Y white.co.uk and you can get in contact with me there as well and find me on Twitter and all that boring stuff that people always say at the end of radio shows that no one's listening to because it's Sunday night and they're half drunk Uh, always a pleasure, never a chore take care of yourself, I'll speak to you next week bye bye for now